Hey everybody, Max Kevin here. It's Little Cutie Podcast. It's not too long. Well, you guys probably heard the news that uh, Norm MacDonald died. It's, uh, it's a bummer, man. It's a bummer, dude. It's especially a bummer because I put a hundred bucks on Artie Lang dying before him. I mean, what the fuck? Who, who would have thought that, that Norm MacDonald would die before Artie Lang? That's fucking bullshit, dude. My hundred bucks, you know? Anyway, uh, enough enough jokey talking. Time for some somber talking. You know? Of course, he uh, he had cancer. He didn't tell anybody. That's kind of that's kind of uh, strange. You know, he didn't even tell his closest friends. You know, some of his closest friends. I guess that's that's just the the kind of guy he was. You know, didn't want to uh, didn't want to bother anybody. You know, with his uh, with his suffering. You know. And, uh, yeah, it's a bummer, man. Norm, Norm MacDonald was something special, you know? He was, uh, he was basically what all, what all comedians aspire to be, you know, which is, uh, truly original, you know? He, he was able to reach that goal of being truly original, which is, um, it's basically the most difficult thing to do in comedy, you know? I mean, even the most super famous comedians, you know, they're, not, there's very few of them that are, do something new or do something different, you know? Like even Bill Burr. Bill Burr's probably, Bill Burr, Kevin Hart, you know, are probably the biggest comedians, but they don't really, I wouldn't say they're original, you know? They're just kind of, um, they're good at what they do, but it's not, it's not, it's not groundbreaking, you know? Very few comedians can do something that other comedians aren't doing, you know? And I would say probably Norm MacDonald, you know, Mitch Hedberg. George Carlin, you know, those those are kind of the only guys that really, uh, they can do stuff that no one else could do, you know? And that's, that's the dream, that's the dream of every comedian, you know, even, even me, myself, you know, I like, I, uh, I write jokes, you know, I got, I got 30, 40 minutes of jokes, but I wouldn't say any of them are, are something that some other comedian couldn't come up with, you know? They're not, uh, they're not, uh, you know, they're not truly original, you know? And that's what uh, that's what Norm was that's what Norm was good at, you know. He was uh, he was just good at doing things that no one else did, and you never knew, you never really knew what the punchline was, or you never knew. That's what was crazy is it was, his jokes. They were totally uh, you were unable to see what was coming or what what he was really, what the joke really was, you know. And uh, that's his great about him. You know, one thing I liked about him is that. Um, I take from him from a comedian where he says where do jokes come from, you know, and uh, he says well, jokes come from the from the ether, you know, the great joke ether. And what you try to do as a comedian is 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 tune in your mind like a frequency. Is you're just trying to tune into that ether and hopefully hopefully the joke gods will will send you something. And that's you know, it's true. You know that's you can't just sit down and 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 come up with jokes and be like all right time to think of something funny. It doesn't work like that, you know. It's basically you just wait. You wait for the great joke ether to send you something. And, you know, there's things that you can do to try to put your mind in that, to tune your mind to that frequency, but it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a blessing from the gods, you know, from the joke gods to, to give you something funny or not. You know, we don't, it's not something anyone controls, you know, and uh, Norm is great at articulating that. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, a lot of his, uh, 
a lot of his jokes I liked, you know, um, in the movie Billy Madison, you know, during Billy Madison's first, uh, first grade party. <laughs> Norm MacDonald has this line, he, he says, uh, he says, oh, this is great, man. When I graduated first grade, all my father did was tell me to get a job. <laughs> I've used that line so many times. Anytime, anytime one of my friends on Facebook, like, posts a picture of their kid's birthday or whatever, you know, it's like, oh, look, it's little, it's little Jimmy's eighth birthday. Look at this little party we have, you know, every time I comment. When my mom, when I turned eight, all my mom did was tell me to get a job. I, be, I use that comment. I use that quote so many times. Oh, it's great. It's a great quote. Uh, another great quote of Norm is, you know, when they, they, in Billy Madison, when they light the poop on fire. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that guy, uh, you know, he just, uh, he just made a lot of people laugh. And, uh... That's a bummer, man. It's a bu it's 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 a bummer for for the world of comedy, you know. It's a bummer for the world of comedy. Anyway, rest in peace, Norm. You'll be missed, bro. Uh, you know, I did a uh, did a comedy show last night. Uh, first comedy show. I guess yeah, first comedy show in Japan since I've been back. First comedy show like I guess in almost a year, you know. It was, uh, it was pretty good, you know, there was, it was decent, it was decent turnout, dude, there was about 30 people there, yeah. and, uh, you know, they were laughing, it was good, it was a good audience, you know, and then I went up, and I, I guess, I would say, I fucking bombed, you know, I mean, I got some laughs, but, I mean, just me criticizing my own performance, it was fucking terrible, you know, I mean, as far as, uh, as far as my view of it, you know, maybe some of the some of the audience members thought it was funny, but in my opinion, it was just it was just fucking terrible, man. My delivery sucked. My stage presence sucked, you know. I don't know. I was just in a bad mood. I was just in a bad mood too, you know, because Silver was taking a diarrhea dump. You know, we'll talk about more of that later. But um, I don't know. It's tough for me. It's tough for me to get in that mood. You know, get in the comedy mood. And. uh... You know, I still have I still have trouble just like like what kind of person I want to be on stage, you know? You know, they all say be yourself, be yourself, but I don't have a self, you know. <laughs> There's no self, all right? It's all it's all a goddamn act, all right? Every person I'm talking to, I'm just I'm just I'm just talking in character, you know? And I haven't still haven't really been able to figure out like what which character works the best on stage, you know? Still haven't Still having trouble with that, you know. Anyway, um, of course, I realized, you know, when I first started doing comedy, I was in Japan, you know, and so a lot of my material was about about Japan, you know. And then I go back to America and I try those Japan jokes, and they don't they don't really work that well because, or they don't work as well as they did in Japan, you know, because people can't really relate, you know. So then, like all my materials about America, you know, so I come back to Japan here, and this set I did last night was basically America centric, you know, and and all the people in the audience were. A lot of them were from the UK or not not Americans, so. and so I think that was one of the reasons why the jokes didn't work as well as they did in America. It's just because people can't relate, you know. It's just like, oh god, now I got to switch back. <laughs> uh, first, all my jokes were about Japan. Then I moved back to America, and then they don't work, so I got to start writing American central centric jokes, you know. And then I moved back to Japan, and I keep using those American centric jokes, and they don't work, you know. So now I got, I got, yeah, I got to revert back to Japan, you know. Gotta make my material about Japan again. At least for now, you know, because 
there's not many foreigners. Every, everyone that comes to the shows, is, they're living in Japan, you know, so. I should have, uh, I should have known that. I should have known that before I, uh, decided which jokes to tell, but that was, that's kind of a, that was kind of a mistake on my part. Oopsies. Uh, you know, anyway, overall, it was, it was decent, it was decent show. It was decent, bro. Uh, of course, I'm back in Yokohama now, you know, unemployed again. Uh, finished my, finished my job on the movie scene, you know, and, um, did some, uh, did some little sightseeing, you know, my lady friend came to, uh, we went, we met up in Osaka, did some sightseeing, we went to, uh, Universal Studios Japan, it's like Universal Studios in America, except it's in Japan, so everyone's Japanese, and, uh, there's far fewer fat people, which is, is good, you know, no, there's, uh, yeah, there's no fat people, which is good, and, um, uh, you know, it's good because they're only doing, uh, they're doing the park at half capacity now, which is pretty great, you know, so, like, you get to go to the park and you don't have to wait in line. I think the most we waited for any line was, like, 30 minutes, which is awesome, you know. We went to Super Mario Land, or Super Nintendo Land, it was pretty, it was pretty great. Kind of, kind of made me wish I was on mushrooms, you know. I was like, oh, man, this would be great if I was on mushrooms right now. I could really be doing Super Mario. Super Mario Land on mushroom, damn, so anyway, um. Yeah, it was great, because all the, all the lines, you know, we only waited, like, 30 minutes for the Mario Kart line, and, like, you're walking through, you're walking through, like, just the whole Super Mario Land area, the line, the, the area that they built for people waiting in line for the Mario Kart ride is almost as big as the entire Super Mario, <laughs> Super Nintendo Land area, you know, and I'm just walking through that, you know, because there's no, there's no lines, and I'm just looking around, and I'm like, Jesus, this would be, like, a three, four hour wait. Like, the maximum amount of people I get shoved in here would be, like, a three, four-hour wait for this line. Good thing. Good thing they're only running 50% capacity right now, you know? Uh, so that was pretty great. That was fun. And, uh, yeah, that's good. Check it out if you're ever in Japan, you know? Go to, go to the USJ. You can, uh, you can go to Super Mario Land. They got Harry Potter World, you know? That's basically it, you know? That's, that's basically the only, uh, the only reason to go there. You know, a couple, of the, a couple of the rides were shut down. They had no Terminator, no Backdraft. What fucking bullshit, dude. What about the fire, dude? You can't have fire right now? I guess it was because of Corona or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I got a little motion sickness for the first time there. You know, I was riding this roller coaster. And they do the, uh, you can do the same roller coaster. You can ride it backwards, you know? So first we ride it the normal way and then we ride it backwards. And then like, I don't know, man. When I was riding that thing backwards, you know, my stomach was going to, like, the front of my body or whatever, you know? And I just, I, I was just like, I don't feel so good. Ugh. I don't feel, I don't, never really happened to me before. I never really got motion sickness, but uh, that ride kind of made me. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't feel so good. You know, and I didn't really want to go on any more roller coasters after that, so I was like, ugh. You know, <laughs> I don't think it was, it was fucking raining that day we went to USA. It was, it was raining pretty hard there. It was, the rain was supposed to stop at 11, you know? But it didn't stop the rain until like 3. Goddamn, goddamn Google weather. What's your deal, bro? You, you tell me it's going to stop raining at 11? It's 3 o'clock right now. It's still raining. Fucking bullshit, dude. Eric Schmidt. Stealing my data. Giving me wrong weather information. It's bullshit, dude. Don't trust Google. Don't trust Google, dude. You know, so anyway, and I was wearing these, uh... I was wearing my boat shoes, you know? They're like made out of cloth. They're not, they're not exactly, uh... Rain repellent, you know? <laughs> So my fucking shoes got wet. My socks are like soaking wet. So I just take off. I, 
like after 30 minutes, I had to take off my socks, you know. I'm just like walking around in these wet shoes all day. It's like, oh, God. So that was kind of a, that was kind of annoying. You know, it was, it was great because uh, there was no lines, but it was also terrible because I had wet feet all day, you know. So uh, that was that was kind of annoying. But, uh, yeah, it was great. And we're going there. We're going the Jurassic Park ride, you know. It's got like a, it's got like a hundred foot drop, and it's like one of those like the log rides like in the water, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it initially drops you down, and you hit the bottom, and like as soon as you drop down and hit the bottom, like the water's spraying to the sides, and I'm just thinking like like my feet are wet, and I'm just thinking, oh thank God, the water's the water's going to the sides, it's not spraying me, you know. And then as it slows down. Like, there's, like, a secondary splash wave that just goes, <laughs> just fucking, just unloads, like, ten gallons of water right in my face. I'm just like, oh, God, I'm fucking soaking wet, you know? It's like the goddamn uh, Roaring Rapids or whatever. Knott's Berry Farm was like that. Oh, it's like, oh, God, who designed this ride? Who designed this ride, man? It's kind of raining. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, USJ was fun, but uh, I was wet the whole time. You know, that was pretty much pretty much wet the whole time as uh, you know besides that uh, besides that it was good besides that it was good you know then of course i went to uh went to himeji castle which is the it's the biggest castle in japan it's uh located in uh, himeji city outside of uh outside of osaka about an hour away from osaka and uh, i tried to go to this castle like 10 years ago but it was under construction because they got to uh you know they got to fix it or whatever and uh yeah it was awesome man it was, it was great this is a huge castle and it's it's really cool looking. Just check it out, Himeji Castle. It's like a big. It's called the White the White Huron Castle. It's also called. And uh, you know, got to walk around there. And of course, there was there was no one there. That was kind of great about all this sightseeing. You know, there's uh, no one's around. You know, because there's no foreigners allowed in Japan right now. And uh, even the Japanese people kind of staying home. You know, so like it was cool. We got to go to this castle, and uh, you just kind of imagine like. You're in the castle, and, like, there's all these weapon racks everywhere, and, like, it was built, like, 1,300 years ago, and you just imagine, like, you can look out the windows and just imagine what it was like to be sitting in that castle with the, with the army at the gates, you know? And, like, we're coming for you, and you're shooting your bow and arrows out the little, out the little windows, you know? And, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure if the castle ever got attacked or not, but, uh, uh it's pretty awesome. It was, uh... Yeah, burned down a couple times on accident. Oopsies. But that's kind of the same as uh, every every single sightseeing place in Japan. Uh, they all burn down. So pretty much everything is a replica or a remake, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, check that out. He made you cast. Uh, if you ever come to Japan. And uh, lastly but not leastly, of course, uh, let's talk about the markets here. Of course, uh, yesterday the uh, retail sales numbers came out and they were higher than expected, you know. Which, of course, makes sense because goddamn inflation, of course, they'd be higher. You know, why would they not be higher? You know, the price of everything is going up. Of course, it's going to be higher, you dummy. And, uh, and for, I don't know, for whatever reason, this was apparently good. This was a good sign. This is a sign that they're going to taper, that the economy is recovering. I don't, how is that, a, how is that a sign that the economy is recovering? Prices are going up. That means recovery. Who, who, who writes these propaganda articles? It's fucking bullshit. You know, so anyway, the uh, entire market took a dump. Of course, gold and silver took a giant diarrhea dump. Uh, silver's down almost five percent on the news, which which doesn't make it, yeah. it's like all the other data, 
all the other data supports higher gold prices, and this data doesn't even really relate. I don't know. The news was saying people are interpreting this as, as tapering is going to start sooner, but it's, that doesn't make any sense. All, all it shows is that inflation is high. That's all it shows, you know? Anyway, a lot of these gold stocks, they, they, hit, their, they hit their yearly lows. It's just like, oh my God, what, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, so that was, kind of, uh, that was kind of pissing me off, you know? And of course, next week there's gonna, there's supposed to be a big fat meeting where a lot of people are expecting that they're, they're going to announce a taper. But uh, I, I think that's bullshit, dude. I think that's bullshit, dude. You know, so gold and silver right now, it's better time to buy, especially the miners, especially the miners. They're at their, they're at their yearly lows. They're lower now than they've ever been all year. So uh, load up, GDX, GDXJ, SIL, SILJ. Do what you want. Your life, your choice, your money. You know, anyway, thanks for listening. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow.